account and uh, first thing tomorrow morning and then ready to, to go. So, hallelujah. Amen. Tonight, this, uh, this is going to be some interesting. And uh, for me, I, 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 I preach, but I prefer to teach. And uh, so more than preaching. And uh, because teaching brings maturity. Preaching brings us to a decision. Purpose of preaching brings us to a decision. Preach the gospel, and then they choose, am I going to get saved or not? So preaching, we need preaching. But maturity comes through teaching. And uh, I just keep thinking about it. We're in a, a day and an hour where, and I said a while back that, you know, we don't have to learn much. And uh, it, it, uh, I like to read because a lot of times when I read, I have to increase my word power. If you read books, then sometimes writers write with words. You go, what does that word mean? So then I have to go look it up, find out what it means. And then I looked it up and I go, wow, now I are smarter. Amen. So it, 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 it's good to increase and, and to read and to grow, but to study, but so much more with the Word. And, and I find this, I love just meditating on God's Word. It's amazing. The more you meditate on it, the more it comes alive. Amen. And the more you go over something. And there, th- this lesson on Kevin, I've been teaching it for years. And, uh, and every time I go back through a portion of it or touch on an area, God, it just keeps unfolding. Because it's a living word. It's not, it's, it's not a, a finished word. It is a living word. Amen? And that's why Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is alive. And it keeps revealing uh, itself to us. His word keeps opening up to us deeper and deeper every time we open it and dive into it. Praise the Lord. And uh, so Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20 is our foundational scripture for what we're studying. And it says, now may the, <coughs> the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the what? Everlasting covenant. So that means a covenant that is not contained in time. Everlasting means it just ha- it has no ending. I shared you the definition last week. Uh, I just looked it up in the dictionary. I wonder how our dictionary, not a Bible, not the Greek or the Hebrew, I just wonder how the dictionary defined everlasting. I got a dictionary app on my iPad, so I pulled it up. I said, what's the definition of everlasting? And it just says, lasting forever. That's a deep thought, man. I mean, dictionary went deep. Amen. And then it says, continuing for an indefinitely long time. And a definitely long time is however long the drive is, no matter where you're going, for a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Two-year-olds, are, are we there yet? We just left the driveway. We've been in here for days. This is an indefinitely long... How many know what I'm saying? And so we get that, it just seems like things seem long, but it just isn't an, an, an indefinitely long time. But I love it because in there, like I said last week, it defined the last uh, definition it gave for everlasting was the everlasting God. And then also I looked up eternal, so everlasting or eternal covenant. It means without beginning or end. To be eternal, it cannot have a beginning or an end. It's not contained in time. And uh, for us, we find out our problem is, is that we think in time. We're, we're everything about our life is structured around time. We want everything to go faster. We're constantly trying to do things faster. Constantly trying to find ways to redeem our time, to use our time more wisely. And then we find the things that are supposed to make us and help us have more time are actually consuming more of our time. Than that, so it uh, you know for convenience sake or whatever. But then everything, because you, then you got to have you got to take the time to learn how to use the things that are supposed to save you time. Amen. So all that goes together. So, but praise the Lord. So it, it is this everlasting covenant that God has for us. And go back to Psalms chapter twenty-five with me tonight. Let's look at another verse. Psalms twenty-five, verse fourteen. It just says, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. 
The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, have reverence for him, having awe of God. And uh, the, the fear of the Lord is not fear like, as we said last week, not the fear of the dark or the other kind of fears or phobias that we have in that. It is just in awe of God. If, 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 the, if God's literal manifest presence came in here, fear would come over you. The Bible says every time God manifests himself, the angel would appear and they would fall on their face as if dead. And so it's a type of dread. It's a fear that is aware of him and aware of yourself and a sense of in his presence, I'm pretty insignificant. Amen. And if I'm going to exist, it's going to be only by his grace. Amen. And so there's that fear. I saw the Lord and yet I'm still alive. Amen. And so with that, so that fear, but, but when we come into an understanding of the greatness of God and who he is, and we have a reverential respect, a reverent fear of God, that at that moment, it's a right perspective of him and a right rela- the relationship begins to line up properly and he reveals his covenant to us. Look at the cover of your outline. From the beginning of recorded history, whenever we find human beings, we find them making of covenant. From the beginning of his existence, mankind has attempted to forge unbreakable relationships to bring about commitments to honor. The keeping of promises and fulfilling of obligations even unto death. From the beginning of time, man has been aware of a high love that does not come naturally to him, one that he must bind himself to with an oath. Isn't that amazing? That in us, out of, you know, we, we don't, you don't find a zebra pulling up to another zebra and making a covenant. But there's something about humanity I mean, there are a goose, you know, there's different animal geese mate for life, or we, we get cool that, the, you know, there's different creatures in there that do that. Some of them just mate for, you know, however long it takes to mate, and then they're off. Amen. And, and then mom's left to raise the kids. Sounds a lot like humanity today. But anyway, moving right along. The question arises as to where did man get the lofty ideals that are contained in covenant? Where do we, where do we come up with that? Especially if there is no God, especially if we just evolved out of all that. If you'd ask evolution, hey, I'm just curious if we evolved, where do we get the idea to make a vow and an oath and lifetime commitment to one another? So, so, so where does that kind of thought come from? What part of the bang produced that? So who taught him that there was a love, get this, who taught him that there was a love beyond feelings that was a commitment unto death? Remember, our marriage vows say, till death do us part. Not till I don't feel it, but till death do us part, amen? Amen. That's when your wife says to you, you're about to feel it again. Amen. Bam. So who instructed him that he could aspire to faithfulness to his word? That he could bind himself to love and truth for another human being where he did not come up. Where did he come up with the concept of an O that was defined in terms of to seven oneself? So what? You never heard that before? Okay, good. Isn't this fun? Go with me to Genesis chapter 21. Have you ever sevened yourself? Now, Abraham and Abimelech Make covenant together. Begin with me at verse 21. And it says, And he dwelt in the wilderness. Make sure, let me get the right one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him 
from the land. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Philco, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, watch this. Swear to me. In the Hebrew, that word says, take an oath. So here we got Abraham and Abimelech, and Abimelech said, hey, make an oath with me. Give a vow. Give me your word. Give me an unbreakable promise, a word. Make covenant with me, okay, that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring, or with my posterity. So generationally, this is not just between you and me, but when we're gone, this will carry on between our generation, that, that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have sojourned. And Abraham said, what? I swear. Then Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. Okay. And Abraham set seven ewes of lambs of the flock by themselves. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, You will take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore they called that place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. So Abimelech rose in Fiskol and the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. And so it says there that to, to seven oneself, to, to give a sevenfold, it, it's a decoration. Every time you see it, seven times, it's a remember. It's a multiplied remembrance of that. This is a dedicated word, a committed word. Amen? And so, and so, so the question is, where are, we, where are these guys coming up with this? How do they know to do this? Give me an oath. Make me a vow. Where's that come from? See, God gave revelation of himself to the first members of the human race, revealing to them that in his infinite being, his covenant love, faithful to himself and to his word, even unto death. So God began to reveal himself. And last week, we showed you this. I don't want to get into this too quick. But uh, this week, as I just meditate and going over this and studying, I just wanted to see it a little bit differently, is that this is eternity. And this is eternity. And this is time, okay? And there's this crazy place in time and earth. And then this is The everlasting covenant starts before time, runs through time, and it's everlasting. It just, without beginning, or without, it's not measured in time. And it's declared before time. And because of that, nothing that happens in time can change it. It's going to come to pass. And when I understand this is the everlasting covenant. Here's what happens. Things happen in your life. You're asking God for an answer. And circumstances happen. And we begin to doubt God's word because of the stuff that's happening in our time span. But yet this word has endured. For ever since everything spoken in this word that God said would come to pass has been coming to pass in time. 
But yet, when it's not coming to pass the way I think it should come to pass in my life, I begin, well, you know, I know somebody who, who was sick and they didn't get healed, so I don't believe healing's for the day. You know, that, that's, that's just, you, you just don't want to go stupid on yourself in, in, in the way we approach God's Word. Because He declares it's an everlasting covenant made before time, it enters into time, and there's things that are all happening in time, and when this is all over, God has made a debt. You're going to see it here in a minute, and we're going to have fun, all right? Stay with me. So let's look at this. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's talk about the land before time. See, our problem is we can only think in time. You and I, we can only think in time. All right? Now, I I wish I could tell you that... uh, Let me just put it to you like this. You need to study enough to get a PhD in the Word of God. You really do. Everybody needs a PhD in God's Word. PhD is the initials for past having doubts. I have a PhD. I'm past having doubts. I don't question God's Word. I question my approach to God's Word. I question my opinion of God's Word. But I'm past having doubts when it comes to God's Word. I believe His Word is true. The Word works. If the Word isn't working, there's nothing wrong with the Word. Amen. I tease my wife all the time. She'd get mad at me for doing this, but I tease my wife all all the time. Every smartphone she's had has been a dumb phone. This dumb phone, this phone, this phone, this phone, this phone. I go, it's not the phone. And then it doesn't go well from there. Amen? But there, there are things, that, and usually something, we push something, we do something, we hit something, it's something that we're doing, and we go, oh, it has a mind of its own. No, it's just, it has to be touched. It has to have something happen. But we get that, and so we have those experiences. But when it comes to the Word of God, there's nothing wrong with the Word. Amen? Some of you know, it's, it's like people, we're afraid of computers, we're afraid of different things. It's not that, it, it, you can learn this. You can do this. Amen? But the Word of God, there's nothing wrong with the Word. First, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Well, um, just go back to verse 6, because it's kind of, I don't want to just grab those two verses. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a what? But of What? power and of love and of a sound mind. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love of a sound mind. The spirit of God that's been given to you is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Some people say, well, I'm just having trouble loving them. You're not supposed to love them out of you. You're supposed to love them by the spirit of love that you've been giving. You're not supposed to conquer fear in your own feet. You'd be given the spirit, okay, of power over fear and to be able to always have a sound mind. Verse 8, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, uh, not according to our works, but according to what? His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus, what? Before time began. So the grace that we receive, grace in Christ, before time began. Okay? And so, from the inception of everything that happened, all this was given before any of this happened, before Adam took his first breath, grace was given. You with me? But now, but now, has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, who has abolished death and brought life, and what? Immortality, 
to light through the gospel. So here we are. This is where we are, guys. Our age is right here. Everything prophetically in the Bible puts us in the last days. Okay? And it's in this place, as I shared last week, that, that the, the covenant is here. So here's the revelation, here's the covenant that's being revealed to us in time. But what God did out here, he's revealing. And at each space, he revealed a portion of it here and a portion here as we saw, and a portion, but now, and, and it comes to, in each space, and, and each person walked in that measure of revelation that they had in that space. But now, we have the fullness of the revelation. Now it's been opened, and the mystery has been made known. And it's been made known to us as a church. You're there in, 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 in Timothy. Go, go over to, first, uh, to Ephesians 3. Are you doing all right? Ephesians 3, verse 8. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. So where did grace come from? So, so Paul's talking about grace, but where did the grace come from? Paul, Paul said, I Paul, I, Paul, ordained to be before I was born. I, Paul, ordained to be a prophet before I was born. So Paul, in God's plan of grace, here, was ordained to be what he is here. Yeah. Too cool. Okay? So, ordained to, so look at Paul saying, so Paul, according, watch this, this grace was given to me that I should preach among the Gentile the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all the people see what is the fellowship of what? The mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ. So before the ages of the begin, this mystery was over here. And then, as it's being revealed, a little bit of the mystery is revealed. And then a little bit more. And, and people, as they're looking at it, and they're going, wow, that's cool. What's next? What is it? It's, it's cool, but that's not here. And, and it always felt like there was more to come and more to come. And Peter said, holy men of old wanted to see. So, and these guys over here wanted to see this. They're prophesying about it, and they're going, we're speaking about something. There's no way it's going to happen here, but it, what, we want to look into that. But it's given to us to know the mystery that came from eternity and is revealed in time. I don't know. Th this is exciting to me. I don't know if I'm blessing anybody but myself, so I'm having fun. Praise the Lord. Verse 10. Now why? To the intent that now. Everybody say now. Now watch this. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Are you? My God. Okay. So in here, in the middle of all this, Jesus said, I will build my church. Okay? And he'll have a little cross on top so it's religious, okay? So I'll build my church. And then in the middle of all this, in the middle of all this, to my church, to the church, I'll reveal the mystery and they'll make it known to principalities and powers. Are you kidding this? God is a trip. Now watch this. Watch this. So I put this up here because you think, so we're revealing things. And so Paul says, I know a man, whether in the body or in the flesh, I don't know, but he was caught up into the third heavens. Okay? Completely over. And he saw things that he couldn't talk about. Because these things over here, 
he's caught up into eternity outside of time, not back eternity, into forward eternity, into the third heavens, into the ages to, the, to come. And, but, but see, up here, this is the, the second heavens, and, and so when God sends an answer out of eternity into time, and, and this is where Daniel it, it received the revelation, and, and the archangel Michael fought with the prince of Persia, and they're fighting here in the second heaven, and this is the first heaven, this is the atmosphere, the prince of the power of the air around us. Are you with me? But Paul says, I, I know they got to see stuff over here, and he couldn't talk about it. Because it's not part, it's, it's on top of the mystery. Okay? And, and then, so God said, I'll show you, but you can't say it. Amen. You go, oh, I want God to show me stuff. Well, what if he shows you something you can't say? He won't show you if you're a blabbermouth. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he knew he could trust Paul. All right? So we're just caught up there. Now, now watch with me. I got notes to go all over the place tonight. I don't know where we'll end up. Okay, the land before time, the everlasting covenant of redemption. Throughout Scripture, there is a reference to events that happened prior to history. There is a reference to a place before time, space, and before matter. Okay? There something happened that set in motion all that we know and experience today. Now, you said, Pastor, why would we teach that? Because if you get this, you will understand how sure God's Word is. How established it is. How unchanging it is. And when you begin to pray, and when you start exercising faith, then my faith is in a word that was established before this came to pass, and all the... Oh, my goodness. Are you getting this? And so your faith just goes to another level because of the surety of God's word. And then I rest because I know I don't have to figure it out. He said it. He will bring it to pass. Did you get that everything he said has come to Jesus? We're, we're having communion and remembering, and everything we're remembering was declared here. Everything God is doing was declared before it came about. And, and then it says that Jesus came where? In the fullness of time. So you get through all these little revelations and everything, but in the fullness of time, Christ came. So we get all the way back over here. Why does it take people? Well, I, I, if the Lord is going to come back, he'd have come back by now. Okay, I just can't even go there. <laughs> all right, but, but we just, we shrink God down to this place. And yet, if you start looking, it, 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 see, some, some, the reason I'm doing it, because sometimes we read this, but if you kind of, okay, what, what did I really read? I just read, we just read that God made this everlasting covenant that it's never going to end, and, and, and it contains things, and, and then somehow we're in that. And, and then in eternity, there's this space of time that comes in here, and then there's something that ends. Are you doing all right? And so if he can do all that, and that's why I said a couple weeks, come on, if he can find your car keys, or get your parking space, or answer those little things, come on, he cares about you. His word's going to work in our life. Just get in there where I can rest in his word. Get your PhD. Amen. Get past having doubts in the word of God. See, there's something that happened and that set in motion all that we know and experience today. This is what makes it so hard for man to grasp and comprehend the existence of time before him. See, evolution is that we can't comprehend time before us, so we have to come up with a way to explain it that fits in our brain. Science makes things understandable to your mind. But your mind can't comprehend infinity. Okay? So watch this. Because of what happened here, because of what happened here, 
right here, you're here. The only reason you're here right now is because of what happened here. Do you understand that? What was declared here is what got you here. All right? So think about it. Because of what happened there, we are here. And Jesus is here, and the church, and his body is here. Because of what happened here. See, before time began, a covenant was made within the Godhead between the Father and the Son and witnessed by the Holy Spirit as the executor and has been unveiled and revealed bit by bit throughout the generation until fully revealed in Christ. So here it is coming. And so in every generation, we got Adam, we got Noah, we got Abraham, we got David, we, we, we got the, the covenant with Israel, we, we got all these things in here. And, and then we get to the end of Malachi, and then we get these 400 silent years, and then we now get the revelation. Amen? But bit by bit is being, which is why when you read so let's just take the New Testament here. This is the New Testament, and this is the Old Testament. So how can these two things make sense? Because this is the culmination of all these little bits. And when you go back, you go, man, I see it. That's why. And are you with me? When I read my Bible, I get in and I go, I read something in here, and they go, oh, wow, it's in here. And then I find myself doing this. Going back and forth. I go, man, it's all tied together. Because I'm reading the fulfillment of the parts that was revealed. And so, look, this is showing, oh yeah, that's speaking forward into that. And that proves this. And, the, and that's the miracle of the word of God. Amen. And people, well, I don't know, the Bible was written by men. Okay. Are you doing all right? Okay, so look at the mystery now has been made known to us in and through Christ. And we make it known to principalities and power. The problem is, is everlasting is a word that refers to outside of time. That messes with us. In other words, there's a covenant made on behalf of man. Out, outside and apart from time. Go with me to Titus chapter 1. And I love the Word of God. Amen. Now what? Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which is according to godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God who... Which God who what? Cannot lie. Promised. What? <laughs> okay, wait. Watch it. Okay. Eternal life. Eternity. Here. And here. And then time. But in time, there is a promise of eternal life in time. Made by God before he created time, he promised eternal life. Okay? So before time began, you and I were promised eternal life. So I wonder if we can have faith and hope. Amen? And people say, people go, I'm afraid to die. You can't die. You have the hope of eternal life. Let me help you with death. Death is getting a new car. This is the vessel you're driving. You get a new body. You get a new body. 
Let me help you. We spend so much money on fixing this car. Take good care of it. Amen. But quit trying to make it look like it was just made. Because it's getting older. You can't stop the aging process. And we're wasting our money trying to slow down the aging process. You can't. It's an act of futility. So enjoy your wrinkles. Enjoy your skin getting loose. Enjoy everything. Just enjoy the process. Amen. Don't live under the condiment that you have to look 30 when you're 90. That's what we're trying to do. Look at Phyllis Diller. She had a perpetual smile. She had her, her, her lips were tied back at the back of her head. Look at Joan River. Before she died, the lady was like plastic face. Said, Joan, quit smiling. I can't. Wasting all that money on that when I have the hope of eternal life and I just keep trying to preserve it because we think in time. Yeah. Doing all right? All right. Yeah. So before time began, God promised God who cannot lie. I'm afraid to die. The God who cannot lie before time began, before the first human lifespan began, promised immortality, eternal life. Wow. So the promise made before time was not made for us because we weren't there. You with me? You weren't there. Was anybody there? It wasn't made for us. Go with me to 1 Peter. Are you having fun yet? All right. Are you having to think? Good. I like reading books that make me think. I like listening to things that make me think. I want to know something. I want to know. First Peter chapter 1, look at verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish, without spot, he indeed was foreordained for before ordained he was before ordained before time he was ordained to the cross for you before what the foundation of the world so he's foreordained he's, he's so Ordained here, foreordained, before the foundation of the world was laid, our world in our space of time. Now, let let me just go back to this we said last time. The earth, Genesis 1 doesn't deal with an earth that doesn't exist. It deals with the earth that, that at that time was without form and void, and the Spirit moved upon the face of the deep. And the waters parted, and the earth came up out of the water. God didn't create the earth. The earth was there, but it was in a chaotic state covered completely in water. And then God caused the land and the water to subside in the land and the mountain, and things caused back to come up out of that. And, and, and because the command is to replenish. Replenish. You can't replenish something that has never been plenished. That's not a right term, but you know what I mean. If it hasn't had some before, you know, could you fill my, could could I get a refill? It's not a refill unless it was filled before. Amen? 
And so we've been given authority to subdue and to replenish what was filled before. Because before us in here, and, and when you get to this, in, in our next lesson, it, it, it may be, a, I, I don't know, we're not going to get through this. Um, we're going to get to God as love and understanding what love is. You were created because God is love. He just, God doesn't love. He is love. And love created you and me. Okay? And, and so, but when we get there, we'll understand that. But, but all right, let me get back to this. It is so important that we know this, especially in this day and in this hour, that we have proper understanding of God and of His Word. Amen? And so, God did all this foreordained that here at the end of time, that our redemption would come. And these people are all looking at this, wanting to know about it, prophesying bits and pieces about it. But God established it, and we are living in it. See, His death... See, those Peters, these, let, let me finish this here, was manifest in these last times for you, who through him, who, who through him believing God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, now watch this, so that your faith and hope are in God. So when we put our faith and our hope in God, we're putting our faith and our hope in God in, we have an under. Paul, Peter and Paul are trying to get us to understand, wait a minute, our faith isn't just in men and, and in our fathers here, but our heavenly Father, what we're experiencing here, comes all the way back to here. And it was established there, and it was ordained there, and this is the fulfillment of So now my faith and my, I don't, it's my, none of my faith and my hope is connected to anything on this world, anything that has to do with humanity. My faith is outside of time in eternity. And if I can connect my faith in God into eternity, then I have a hope. Going forward into my faith. Because of what was declared here, I have hope here to end up here. Amen? That's what Peter is saying. So these are powerful words and strong words to declare that Jesus as the Lamb of sacrifice for us was declared and known before the work of creation began. His death was not an accident, but it was the reason that he came. That's why Jesus told Pilate, for this purpose I have come. This is the revealing of the plan made between the Father and the Son. This brings us to the unsearchable riches of Christ. Can I tell you that after almost 40 years of being a Christian, I have yet to scratch the surface of all there is in knowing Him? I mean, I, I'm reading, that's what I mean every time I study in this, every time I go through a lesson and, and I put it back together and I go through it and I study again, it just more, you just learn more. So if I, okay, let me just ask, how in the world did you end up here tonight? You can't even tell me how you got here tonight in your lifespan that you are sitting here. How do I go from my whole life to end up being a pastor in Diamond Spring, California? Because there was something in the eternal plan. And if you look back in our little timeline of our little life, we see God doing all the things that he did, just like Joseph, and all the things to get you to where you are. When you say yes to God, when you take your life out of your little... I don't even know how to draw it. If, if I can just... When you get saved, when we're born again, we are born into this. Okay? You're, you're born into eternity. You're, you're, you're made spiritually alive unto God. We're, 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 we're in the world, but we're not of the world, okay? And so for, for me to have God work in my life, I have to think outside of my time. And I said it Sunday morning, we're continually trying to get God to come in. He's saying, I'm trying to get you to come out. Okay? If I can get you out of time into eternity. Okay, let me just put it like this. 
Galatians chapter 5 says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the spirit takes the mindset outside of time. It's a spiritual mindset. Okay? And the Holy Spirit is here to show us things to come. He's here to reveal things. To, and so there has to be a shift where I get out of the temporal and start walking in the eternal. Living in the eternal with God. Are you with me? Living there. That's God's invitation that we just press into that. John said it like this on the Isle of Pat. I, John, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And the best way I can tell it to you is that when we pray and, 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 and we're praying and, and, and we're seeking God to, to boldly come before the throne of What? You have access to come before the throne of grace, but grace was established here in the, and, and in Christ and to find grace to help in our time of need. Are you with me? All right. I hope this is helping you tonight. I'm getting blessed, so <laughs> having fun. So the unsearchable riches of Christ. So watch it. See, we will not know until we understand love that <clears throat> what this means. See, God is love. He is said. The word of covenant is the word said. It is difficult to translate into our culture. So we use words like mercy, goodness, steadfast love, loyal love, covenant love, loving kindness, or just kindness. But we cannot truly love until we come to the place of sacrifice and giving of yourself for an other. Okay? To truly love, you have to come to the place where I will sacrifice and give myself my very life for another. Which is why in my marriage vows, I say, all that I am and all that I ever shall be, I give to you now. I am sacrificing myself for you. The other person says, I am sacrificing and giving myself for you. And then we come together in love. And basically, we seven ourselves in that vow, in that commitment. And we walk in that. But we live in a culture that has no concept of that. And so for us, in our walk with God, we have to continually fight. That's why Romans 12 is so good. Do not be conformed to the mindset of this world. Be transformed by renewing your mind. You have to renew your mind to how God works. God, only, God is doing, there, there's only one thing He's doing in the earth. You know what He's doing? He's doing this in the earth. Nothing else. God is working His everlasting covenant. Before time began, He said, this is what's going to happen. And He works in my life when I just agree with the everlasting plan. It is His eternal, Ephesians 3, according to the eternal purpose. Amen? God gave them the table of showbread. The table of showbread is the bread of purpose. God, Jesus re, uh, appeared unto Paul. He says, Paul, I've appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister. Paul said, this grace is, this grace is given to me according to the purpose revealed in me that is according to his eternal plan to make known to you the Gentiles the mystery. And so what Paul is making known, what you're reading in your Bible, is Paul is bringing revelation by the Holy Spirit out of there, and the Holy Spirit's given, and then it's revealing it to us in our time, this revelation is coming, and it's renewing our mind. Then we say, okay, now I know, because when I receive that, now I know how to get from here to here. Are we doing all right? Okay. So... <clears throat> It's the same way. With love, now, because see, with worship, all the other part, all the surface part of everything is good. But like I said last week with worship, true worship comes when, when I can no longer thank God. I'm just in awe of who He is, and, and I just am still in His presence. I love the other part. I, I love 
the worship tonight was amazing. The rain, the promise of the rain, and he'll come. I love that. But there's a depth and a level to more of what God has for our life. In our worship and in our understanding of love. Amen? All right, watch this. And then we begin to understand really what amazing grace is. So why, let me ask you this question, just a couple of thoughts. Why covenant before time? That I kind of read, I need to get this. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, <clears throat> real quick. Are you still with me? Is this, is this too much? Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Okay? So we're blessed in the heavenly places, not here, here in Christ. Okay? So the blessing was pronounced here in Christ before time began. Okay? I get so excited about this. I get to quit. Verse 4. Now watch. Just as he chose us. What? He chose you in him. Here. You were chosen here in Christ. Before the foundations of the world of time. Before time, you, humanity, all of humanity, not just the select elect. There's a lot of good stuff in Reformed theology, a lot of great truth. But the election is not part of it. The election is, before God made a man, all men that would ever be were chosen in him. Because the first man was Adam. And you are either in Adam or you are in Christ. And all men came out of Adam. Okay. <laughs> so there's one, only one elect, and we all be from the elect. All right? So watch this. <clears throat> that we should be holy and without blame, what? Before him in what? In love. Okay, but we have to understand what that love means. We'll get to that. To the praise of the glory of what? His what? So where was that grace established? Before time. All right. By which... He has made us accepted in the beloved. So when were you made accepted? Before time, in Christ, by grace. Is it getting any clearer? All right. So why a covenant before time? Paul explains that our salvation became before creation and was dependent solely upon the Father making the saving agreement with the Son of God as a representative and substitute of His church. God chose to bind Himself to us by His Word to Himself in covenant love before He created us. He chose us in Himself. Now to deny or reject us is to deny Himself. He formed a, a he formed a no way out plan of love before he started because God is love. God formed the plan for us in love because he is love. It's a no way out plan. It's eternal love. The psalmist wrote, "He who swears to his own hurt and changes not." God swore to his own hurt, and then he swore to the death of his son in love by grace so that we could be redeemed to him. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this that God was in, God came into the world through Christ, came into the world through Christ so that he 
might reconcile us to Himself in eternity. So He made a promise here that no matter what happened here, we would end up here. And He swore to it in Himself, even to His own hurt, to bring it to pass, because His love is bound to us. So that we might be, even to the point, and and now you understand, look at, when Jesus came before he ascended, he descended into hell, and he preached to captivity, and he led captivity captive. All right. All right, stay with me. Okay. Okay. In the blood. Okay, watch these last couple of thoughts. We got like two minutes. We're redeemed into the place where covenant was made. You're redeemed into the place where covenant was made. The covenant was made in eternity. You and I are redeemed into eternity. Redemption had to be made in eternity in order for us to receive the hope and the promise of eternity. Look at. We think so small. And it's a, it's a great passage. God says, I know, look at what God said, Jeremiah 29. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Thoughts to do you good and not of evil. Thoughts to give you a hope, a hope and a future. And we go, oh cool, before I die, things will be good. We, we, shrink, we shrink that verse down into our lifespan. God said, no, I, I give you a hope and the future. I, I, know, I know my thoughts and my plans towards you to do you good and not evil and to give you a hope and a future. Lord of God. Amen. So what? By choosing to redeem us before time, he can thereby redeem us out of time. If God had let man choose and fail first and then formulate the plan of our redemption, he would not have been able to redeem us unto himself for eternity. The best we could have had was a good life here in time. Do you understand that? So God has to make this covenant in eternity so that he knows, because we're gonna, we won't get to it tonight, because he has, he has to give us a free will. And he knows that if he gives us free will, to love and to give free will, that with our children, our children have this will, and we love them, and we know if we release them, they might make stupid decisions, but we're going to try to cover them the best we can. We want to try and work redemption toward the same. The heart of God works in us towards our kids. But God says, in that, so the best I can do, I I need to seal this plan in eternity so that when I move into time, I can move into time with something that established here, not something that is established here. Or the best I could do would just give you a better life now. But God has more than you just to have a better life now. So the best you could do is live and and maybe, you know, but either way, it would have to be a time span better. It would have to come to an end. So that's why we're eternal beings and God established His goodness to us in eternity so that once time began, He could redeem us out of time into eternity. Is this all right? Okay. So, he knew that he was getting ready to create man in a place called time with the free will and the power of choice. To fulfill his purpose of love, he, God, who is the only free will, must freely choose to introduce another free will into existence. Man. Man must be created with a, with a will that is completely free to choose to respond to his love with loving obedience or to choose to divorce himself from God and demand independence. It's a chilling experience to introduce into existence a creature 
that can choose to be independent of God's life and spurn His love. Therefore, if He was to redeem him, He would have to decide before He was able to choose. And the only person God had to commit to was Himself. Which is why you were chosen before time in God, in Christ. Amen? And God redeemed you in eternity and established it so He can redeem us out of time into eternity. And like I said, there's so much in the plan that's taking place that has to do... Now, let me just... I, I wanted to get to it, but on the, the last area... Watch this. Satan, you've been given power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Okay. Satan, when he came... He took, he's the prince of the power of the air. <laughs> and so his authority, Satan's authority right now, is only in time. And Jesus says, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy because you are in me and my authority comes out of eternity. It's not bound by time. So when you, <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you getting this? So when you're in Christ, your authority is coming out of eternity and the authority of the everlasting covenant that has no restriction. The devil said, I will be, see, the devil is the God, little g, of this world. You are in the God of, of eternity. And so you have power and authority over all the power of the, of the enemy. You're able to tread upon serpents. Is this all right? Yeah. All right. Father, I thank you. This is, we're on overload tonight. Yes. 